Hello, good people of this world. So today we're actually interviewing Shlomo Fern together with my co-host Matthias. I'm gonna dive into his story and figure out how he actually manages his finances, how he gets stuff done, and actually where he's earning his money. Shlomo has a really interesting story um, from how he started a whole bunch of companies in China and where he's actually living at the moment, Israel. So yeah, we're really excited to bring this story towards you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Erminta, and Matthias. Hi, I'm Abraham Lincoln, and I also enjoy listening to the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Hello, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us again for an episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Um, Today we've got Shlomo with us. Hi Shlomo. Hello, hello. And my amazing co-host Matthias. Hello Alva, hello Shlomo. (laughs) Great being here. Great to have everybody together now for another exciting episode. So Shlomo, um, we've read a few amazing things about you on your website and you've got quite a crazy story going on uh, in your life and how this has all been working out in the last year. We're really looking forward to dive into that uh, and learn a bit more about you. Um, But first, could you introduce yourself towards our listeners? Tell a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got here, what's your view on FI, how did you get in touch with it? Just like a general nice short introduction. Okay, so we are a 30-plus couple with a three-year-old daughter, and I've been interested in finances in general since I was really, really little. And at the last uh, year, after being an entrepreneur for the past um, 15 years, I started my coaching business for financial mentoring, which is Free Financial Self. Um, so basically, FIRE started for me when I was little, but the let's say the lifestyle part really, really started to pick up about uh, two years ago. Before that, we were living really international lives, but because we became location independent, it became much, much more fun, let's say this. Okay, wow. And um, what does uh, location independent mean for you? Can you just travel all around the world and go wherever you want to? Basically, wherever there is a good internet, we can go. We don't, um, for now, uh, travel indefinitely. We are based in Israel, but we do something that we call workations, which is basically uh, work and vacations together, just extended traveling for uh, two, three months uh, every time. Uh, to different countries. And we're very flexible about this, not only in terms of traveling, but also in terms of that we live in Israel. So also uh, see a lot of the family and um, we're basically pretty much uh, moving a lot. Let's say this. Kabao, does that mean like Israel is still like kind of your home base, but you go all around the world like regarding your workations, do the work there uh, and then move on either back home for a while and then again abroad. Do I understand that correctly? Exactly. Exactly. This is what we do. I want to also read that you spent quite a while in Thailand living on like less than a thousand US a month. And I was really wondering, is this like low cost living approach part of your whole FI plan? And like, how are you, how do you want to accomplish FI for yourself in the end? And be a kind of like a strategy on your number. Can you give our listeners an idea on that? So our basic approach around traveling is 
live like a local. And in many places, that would mean being low cost anyway. I mean, we enjoy it. We enjoy going to local restaurants. We enjoy going to the market and then cooking at home. We enjoy meeting the local people in the street. And we're not so much about um, crazy hotels and attractions and all that. So the simple things are really appealing to us. And this is the lifestyle that we that we lived on in in Thailand and also in, in Portugal, the same thing. So let's say the experience behind it is something that is, is very important for us. And it's also very strongly attached to Phi because this actually doesn't cost a lot. Kevin, you also mentioned Portugal. And I know Thailand and Portugal are like the main retirement, financial independence hubs for people to go to, uh, to make use of geo arbitrage, live cheap, have a good client abroad, earn good money, but still have like good proper health insurance available and live in amazing, warm, nice, tropical countries. Was that also your reason for going to Thailand or Portugal? Um, so for uh, Thailand, we wanted to go and see the digital nomads hub as a family. And because it's affordable, uh, that was really uh, a nice uh, few months. In Portugal, the reason was because my wife works for a company. They had a retreat there. So we had the retreat is only a week, but we, because again, location dependent, we just stayed for two months. So that was a good reason to go. And we knew that it also has uh, good vibes and why not? May I ask um, something? Because I also am planning to go for a longer time to Portugal. We wanted also as a family to go there in summer and uh, it comes out that it's very expensive to stay there uh, in summer. So how did you manage to keep the low um, costs low in terms of um, housing or apartments? So we were using a few uh, platforms. First of all, we avoided the main places. And second thing is, I think the, the, the one that saved us the most cost on living was uh, a platform called uh, Love Home Swap, which is basically a home swapping platform, but they have a, a point system. So we used those points for a yearly subscription, which actually we didn't want at the beginning, but that, that's a whole different story. So we used all that staying for, I think it was 25 days, 25 nights, only on, on one place in a town on the beach side. And it was really, really nice. So that saves a lot. Except of that, we were 10 days trekking in Portugal, in the southwest of Portugal. We were walking, so we were basically uh, camping or living cheap, cheap places. So that didn't cost a lot too. Um, mm -hmm. So these are the two um, main, uh, main strategies we used basically. Oh, interesting. I definitely have to investigate. Maybe you can send me a link of the of this platform. I'll send you. I actually have a, a very detailed blog post about this, of how we, basically it was almost free for us to be in Portugal. And it's very detailed by night and, and you can see everything there. So I'm, I'm happy to share this. Oh, cool. I will check it out. So, and you mentioned that you've been in, in Portugal as a family. How do you manage this whole family thing? Because, um, for example, you have to send your kids to school, mm -hmm. for example. Um, so I read in your blog that you're doing homeschooling. Did you do this already um, also in Portugal and in, in Thailand? Or how do you educate your kids along the way? So we basically do homeschooling, as you said, um, and we plan to do it as long as we can. I don't know until when, it's hard to tell. And we split our days where it's a half day that I spend with our daughter and then a half day my wife is spending with our daughter. And that works for us. And it was the same, about the same schedule that we did also in, in Portugal. Thailand was different. There we sent her to a local nursery, but the nurseries there also, A, they're very affordable, but they're also until 5 p.m. 
afternoon, even for one-year-olds, but we left her there only until noontime. So it was a few hours because, um, again, we don't want, we didn't want to outsource education and, and you know, the, the wonderful things that you have with your kids, just missing them all. So that was very important for us. So uh, isn't that reducing your working time? So how much hours do you work then actually um, a day, a normal day? It really depends. But uh, basically, it won't be the only eight hours splitting between us. So it will be more than those 10 hours. It will be around half of the time, basically. And we still manage to work and do whatever we need. I'm aware, I'm aware that, uh, you know, things sometimes are a little bit slower, but to be frank, for now, it's working. It's, it's great. I also wanted to ask, how is that for your kids? Like constantly moving around everywhere, like, do they love it? Do they like it? Do they hate it? Like, how is it for them? What have they learned? What have they, yeah, how's it been? First of all, my, my daughter is now uh, two years and eight months old, so she's not that old yet. She doesn't choose where to go. <laughs> We just take her. <laughs> um, when we were in Thailand, she was one year, and when we were in Portugal, it was uh, almost two. But uh, basically, she's living very, I think, international lives. I mean, in Israel, the mother, our mother tongue is Hebrew, but we both, uh, although it's not our mother tongue, speak with her English. So she speaks now English and Hebrew, and her English is better than the Hebrew, but she gets the Hebrew from other people in the family, and also between us. I mean, my wife, we speak Hebrew, so she hears this. And then we also have some, let's say, remnants of Chinese because we lived in China. So we have a few Chinese books. So she knows that. And we, some of uh, Portuguese books. And we have our friends who's a friend. So whenever she comes, he teaches her a few words in French. So uh, we like it that she's exposed to all of that. We think it's, it's, It has a lot of value. Well, it's amazing. That's kind of like the best gift you can give your child, learning all those languages and being exposed to so many different things at once. Um, but also want to backtrack a little bit towards financial independence now. You have a really low cost way of living. You know, you pretty much spend a really limited amount a month. But how do you get your money? How, where is it coming from? How do you earn it? If you had like a normal, regular job and saved up, saved up a ton of money in ETFs and It comes from there or like, yeah, how are you organizing this? So first of all, my wife has her job and I have a company in China and the current company, the free financial self. These are obviously sources of income, but except for that, I invest in stocks for, I think, more than more than 10 years now, probably 12 years or so. Um, a little bit of real estate and now going more into, but that's just, just in the last few weeks, uh, looking into P2P, uh, crowd investing, things like that. Uh, oh, and in terms of stock investing, are we talking ETFs? Are we talking stock picking, day trading? Like, what is your approach towards that? Value investment. So that would be investing for long term in different stocks. So we have been in this investing and um, maybe we can ask, Charles, we asked for, for cryptocurrencies because you have written about it in, in the blog. Can you um, maybe tell us a little bit how you got to crypto investing and what is your approach there? Are you having your own miner in your basement in Israel or are you just trading um, with that and so on and so on? So basically I got into um, cryptos because a client uh, way before crypto was uh, a hit, And now fell, but before that, uh, paid us in, in Bitcoin. So I was looking into this, and this was actually the first quote unquote investment. And then we had more opportunities to get some uh, uh, Bitcoin payments. And this is how it all started. And then, as you saw in my blog, I spoke about Hashflare, which was a very enthusiastic about uh, before, before the crash. And I'm not saying that they're not good, I'm just 
you know, the, the, the market now has, has fallen. My opinion on this is that I'm feeling very secured and confident about this investment because I didn't put a huge amount of money in this and I still sleep good at night. And that's my, I can say the rule for any investment that I do that I, I invest the amounts I feel comfortable with that I can still be uh, secure about. And even if that goes uh, and becomes uh, zero dollars, it won't change my life too much. So that will be okay. And this is how I feel about my Bitcoin investments. It's not a huge amount and it's okay. And it's fluctuating. Um, and basically it's something new, you know, nobody knows where this thing is going to go. I, I was interviewed about this before and, you know, I was asked, okay, so where Bitcoin is going? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just was about to ask a question, where is it going? <laughs> um, I think it's good to, um, to, um, to check out this new um, technology uh, to understand it, to get a feeling for it. And I also, I'm having a miner with some friends and we just keep it going and to collect some different currencies um, just to see how it works. And maybe later on you acquired some skills in it and later on you can apply it somewhere. You never know. Right. Um, We're also considering mining, by the way. We just never got into this eventually. We just didn't done other things. <laughs> Oh, okay. And one of the most important things um, is also the, the saving. Um, did we ask you um, how much this lifestyle in, in digital nomadism or in this location-independent uh, living, how much contributes this living to your increase in net worth uh, every month compared when you would live in Israel, for example? Hmm. I don't have the exact number of this, but every every trip, because it's a few months, then at least the big expenses are, are large. Some of it is covered. So if you go, if you travel for a place for three months, it's the same cost of the flight if you're going for two days. So what we do is that we rent out our house on Airbnb, even when we're in Israel, if you want, I can tell more about this. Also, um, when we're out of Israel, then we rent it out, uh, not to Airbnb, but so short-term renting. So that covers a lot of, of the trip. And since you're going to places like Thailand, and now we're talking about going to Sri Lanka, these would be very affordable. And we use points from the flights and whatever we can to make things cheaper. We're staying in local places, as I said. So basically, it doesn't cost that much, even when we travel. Okay. And um, how do you manage your house um, with the Airbnb? You, you mentioned that you're renting it out. And what are the tricks and what are the maybe problems you got or as an experience by that? So we've been doing Airbnb for uh, two years now. We have a yurt in Israel. Again, it's affordable living. When we have bookings, we, we anyway go to uh, a lot of the weekends to family so we doing our family visits according to the bookings that we get. Uh, so that's very convenient. We anyway go for two, three days to them. The thing is that we're not living in a very um, touristy area in Israel. So we don't get crazy amounts of bookings. We used to uh, consider every request that we got. And then uh, many of them we declined because it didn't fit our dates. Again, we, we still live in the house. Yes. And then... Uh, we started doing only weekends and then we didn't get a lot of, of uh, bookings to that. Again, not a touristy area and, and uh, also only limiting and accepting uh, weekend, around weekend uh, reservations that also like semi-worked. And now what happened is that Airbnb changed their policy and they're also checking how many of the requests that you get you actually approve. 
So we're back to accepting almost everybody and being more flexible of the way that we uh, go visit friends, visit family when we have those bookings. It's not crazy amount of bookings again. It uh, helps definitely uh, paying the bills and uh, paying some loans and, and it's fine and we like it. If we need specific dates, because with Airbnb, you don't know when exactly you will get the booking. Uh, so as example, uh, next week is the Jewish New Year. Afterwards, my wife is going away for a week for her work retreat in the, the Canary Islands. So I'll be staying with our daughter. So I'm not staying at home with her. I'm going to her family and they'll help me with, with, our, little, with our little child. So all in all, we're not in the house for like 13 days. So we say, okay, we're just going to rent it out for 13 days, not to Airbnb. So we use this resource as much as we can. That's the basic thing. Can you throw some numbers into there in the sense of like, how much do you charge when you rent out your place via Airbnb? And do you like directly say you earn money on it? Does it directly go towards funding the travel or does it just go all into like one big general box where you pay your expenses out of? It goes uh, to a general bulk where we pay the expenses from. Uh, we charge around uh, 80, 85 uh, US dollars per night. And uh, if you book more nights, then it gets cheaper. But that's basically the price. Well, I love your approach in a sense. You're pretty much combining every single asset class that's out there. Um, take the best out of it, except that some of them, you know, if they go down, that's the way it is. But by spreading yourself out so far, going for value, investing peer-to-peer lending, uh, real estate and like Airbnb, uh, geo arbitrage and like combining all those different things at once you're becoming really really extremely flexible and diversified at the same time I, I really love that approach you know flexibility is really important for us it's something that i i feel is part of me i like being flexible with my life and i know that if something that i don't expect happen i can still adjust it's really so this way of dividing your money is also like part of you in a sense of like how you approach things and you're completely fine with changing up plans after three four months and like a new awesome project comes up, you would actually just take it on even if you just know the week in advance. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. And then let's also dive into something else now because we also are really interested in uh, the business you're running at the moment because you are also running your own personal coaching business one-on-one while you are traveling around the world. I'm really interested to know like, where are you focusing on? What kind of people are coming towards you? And like, what kind of advice do you give them? How do you help them? What kind of problems do they come up with? Um, can you tell us a little bit on that? Sure. So I started the business when um, I uh, wanted to help more entrepreneurs like me who are maybe managing their company very well, but they're bad with their personal finances. But over time, and again, it's a relatively new business. Whenever I tell people about uh, what I do and they say, well, everybody needs this, perhaps, but I need to narrow down of who I serve. But I now do serve uh, more of an audience and not only entrepreneurs. What I basically do is I help people align their life goals with their financial goals. So it's not enough to, you know, set the target for your net worth because you also need to think about your future lifestyle and what do you want. So for me, as example, it's flexible lifestyle, travel, things like that. So these are aligned for me. I feel like I'm there already, but some people have no idea. So it's a matter of helping them finding their future at the long term. And then how do you get to that financially? How much you need to save on uh, for what? Really to the numbers of how much you really need to put each month out just to reach that goal. And then in what you need to invest in order to get to that, to those points, to, to those goals. 
That's the thing. Where do your most of your clients come from? Because I can imagine it's quite an international combination of clients, entrepreneurs, people just, you know, want really good personal general um, advice and you being you and, you know, having to know so much about all those different issues. Like, how do you deal with that? So um, most of my network, because I lived in China for three years, comes from there. Um, so these were the first clients I worked with, either Chinese or expats living in China. Uh, that I've been dealing with, but now I've been also speaking with more people from uh, from Europe and 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 the U.S. Uh, so expanding expanding there. And yes, you're right; it's a challenge. I can't know everything about uh, taxes in every country or or any tidbits there. But um, I'm keeping myself informed on what's going on. And when I discover new things, I research on those and that goes into the pile of the knowledge I have. Are you like the critical question asker and not necessarily the person who knows every single specific little tax law in all the countries, but like really the go-to asks the right critical questions and makes people think? Yes, I'm, I'm not the financial advisor who would tell you you need to invest in this stock. I'll tell you this is what you should think about or try to change your mindset towards having a happier life. It's about that focused questioning. And maybe it would be really interesting to throw in an example um, of like um, like a fictive situation. Like say um, I come towards you and like I've got my normal life, I've got my normal day-to-day job, I've got a kid, a house, and uh, but I really, really want to get down on uh, paying off debt, uh, earning more money, working towards FI, um, so say I'm this generic person with a 50K income on a yearly basis, wife, kids, spend around 30-ish K a year. Uh, like, how would you like start a conversation with somebody like that? Just like a normal, general, middle-class person. Um, I would first go and ask him, not, not ask him, but tell me about his um, perfect day of what he'd like to do, where he wants to be in the future. So, so most of the times I go to, into numbers of how much net worth you think you need. Um, and then that perfect day. Um, and also, um, what kind of expenses he's expecting to have in the next 35 years. And then from there, we try to um, build a plan. But it's starting from the lifestyle that he desired, not only with the numbers. So you try to figure out the, the picture your, your customer or client has in their head about his perfect life so that you can um, utilize that um, to see... And reverse engineer. To in which direction, yes, reverse engineering, in which direction you have to go with them because everybody is uh, kind of different. Somebody wants to get a big house at the sea with... Uh, there's a fire in their uh, in their living room, <laughs> and somebody just um, yeah needs some castle in, in France and so. <laughs> and you know what, Matthias? The interesting thing is that it's okay, even if it seems impossible for somebody to get that castle in France. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he says, "I want to have this within ten years." And you see, with the numbers, that he really can't get it now. There are a few things that that person can do. It's either postponing that dream or not having it at all. But he can also choose, you know, I want to work like crazy or whatever he'd like to do for the re- for these 10 years to really achieve that goal. And it's okay to have it as long as you choose it. It's not okay to have it if you're not thinking about it and planning for it. You just like, you just like go and hoping for this. 
Yes, and maybe you just realize that your your dream is maybe you you like just drinking wine and you don't need the castle. Or um, it can can also change. You can achieve the same things you get from this castle in France uh, just by another lifestyle. Uh, by the way, do many people in in, in China um, de uh, have a desire for for castles in in France with um, with some? <laughs> I heard about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, China, Chinese people um, basically buying the world. Um, there's a lot of wealth in China that people are spending out, but there also it's there is a reason because many people want to take their money out of China, and this is a way to do it. Mm -hmm. So they can buy uh, different, invest in different properties, and then over the years get uh, the, a citizenship in that uh, destination country, and then eventually move there if this is their long term plan. Mm -hmm. That's a way to do it. Yeah, and um, maybe just follow up on on China. What is it? You, you you've been there and you work with a couple of people there. Um, what's your maybe top one or two experiences or insights or things you found out about people in China or society that you learned from from your time there? Wow, that's a, like summarizing three years in in a sentence. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> it's very hard. I have a so I have a company there and been working with with China for uh, ten years now. Um, I really, really, really love China and I miss China very much. Um, I like the diversity. Um, I like that every day is is extremely, extremely interesting in terms of you really don't know what's going to happen. Like you just go out of the street and everything screams back. Interesting, like explore. I love that feeling. Chinese people are, are uh, kind people and very nice. And when you're making the effort to communicate, uh, communicate back as much as they can. Obviously, if they'll do English now in large cities, I can't say always, but uh, you can find people speaking English and then that will be okay. So they're being uh, communicative and really nice to people. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe we should also mention your, your podcast. Um, how is it called again? China Business? China Business Cast. Chinabusinesscast.com. We're also on iTunes or Stitcher. It's a podcast about uh, business in China where we interview people who are doing business in China, entrepreneurs, businessmen, uh, sometimes people from that has some business connected with China. So we had some about uh, Europe, China, cross investments uh, a while ago. So it really depends. But um, we find our, our guests and most of them are entrepreneurs in China. Most of them. I have the feeling that uh, many people are trying to to make business in China and um, also solopreneurs or not, not even bigger companies and are trying to get access to to the market and to get known to people um, to um, pr um, yeah just to get a cut of the the increasing wealth um, of the Chinese economy. It's interesting that you're saying this because I all because China is a is a large part of my life. I feel that everything around is China. So hearing your uh, understanding and notion of somebody who's not, I don't know if you've been to China, but not China is not around him every time. Like, how do you perceive this is very interesting? Because is China for you, would you like consider the second home? Like culture-wise, do you feel closely aligned with it? Or is it still not Western enough to like link up with like where you came from or is it like more a mix of like everything for you now? I don't feel it's like my second home. I look at it as a wonderful, wonderful experience that uh, that we had um, and I like it very much. I feel I can really get along there because I know it. Uh, the thing is that the more you spend time in China, you understand that you know less. 
That's the thing. There are so many unpredictable, sometimes strange things happening, which you're not sure what are they because everything is so different. But as I said, that's what's very interesting for me. And um, just maybe one question that came up. Um, um, how would you, for example, if you get a new client uh, that's an employee and wants to also, he's maybe inspired by your flexible uh, lifestyle and um, what would you tell him? What are the first steps from being an employee to go to, um, to a more flexible lifestyle? What are the steps you um, would recommend? Would you go of him uh, becoming an entrepreneur or not necessarily? Not necessarily, I would say. I say. So I'm aware that not everybody can, can be completely location independent, although um, I think that would make much more people happier when they become location independent. But I still think because many people are working around the internet is like, starting to ask your colleagues or boss for working a few days at home and trying to do things more remotely um, and even convince the company that it saves them money because they don't need your seat now. They don't pay for you yeah. on this. Um, and start building it slowly. It won't happen in one day. It's a gradual process. If you're, if you're working uh, in a day job in an office, this is the way to go. Another option is maybe saying we're taking an extended workation. Again, so it won't cost that much. Go for a long time. Just say, I'm taking all this remote work or tell the employer I'm, I'm going for two months. So it's my vacation days, let's say, and another month that I will work remotely. So in total, it's actually pretty, pretty much a long time in something that you can call Uh, workation or semi-vacation, yeah. which is still worth doing. And you're saving a lot on traveling. Okay, Bob. Barshlama, thank you so much for that. Let's also slowly wrap up and also let our audience know where they can actually find you. So in terms of blogs, social media, how can they find you uh, and where are you? My blog is on freefinancialself.com. That's my main website. And you can find me on Instagram under freefinancialself on Facebook under Free Financial Self or my name, Shlomo Freund. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. That's more for the uh, business part. So uh, I have a large following there and, and you can also communicate with me through my profile, uh, Shlomo Freund. Uh, Twitter would be Free Financial SF. Unfortunately, it was too long for, for, for Twitter, so I do SF. And basically that's it. So thank you so much for that. I think um, people will find it extremely interesting to see where uh, you're coming from and how you've built up this amazing life uh, and the crazy flexibility that's going into it. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books, and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.